And join me to Hosea chapter 6, verses 1 to 3. Hosea chapter 6, verses 1 to 3. Hosea 6, verses 1 to 3. Come and let us return unto the Lord, for he has turned and he will hear. He has smitten, he will bind us up. After two days will he revive us. In the third day he will raise us up and we shall live in his sight. Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. His going forth is prepared as the morning. And he shall come unto us as the rain. As the former, as the latter and former rain unto the earth. Praise the Lord. I read Amplified Version. Come and let us return to the Lord. For he has turned so that he will heal us. He has stricken so that he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. He will quicken us. He will give us life. On the third day, he will raise us up that we may live before him. Yes, let us know let us recognize, let us be acquainted with, let us understand him, and be zealous to know the Lord, and give heed, and appreciate, and cherish him. His going forth is prepared, and setting as the dawn, and he will come to us as the heavy rain, as the latter rain, that waters the earth. Praise the Lord. And maybe we'll read one more version. We'll read the Message Bible. Just to simplify. Make it clearer and clearer. Come on. Let us go back to God. He hurt us, but he will heal us. He hit us hard, but he will put us right again. In a couple of days, we will feel better. By the third day, he will have made us brand new. Alive and on our feet. Fit to face him. We are ready to study God. Eager for God knowledge. As sure as dawn breaks, so sure is his daily arrival. He comes as rain comes, as spring rain, refreshing the grounds. Hallelujah. That's our cry. That's our expectation. This year, and things will not be the same anymore with you ever in the name of Jesus. In your personal life, in your Christian life, in your societal life, in our community, and this chapel, and in our service unto God, and in our nation, He will revive us. In the name of Jesus Christ. As we look at this thing, and as I look at our topic today, which is taken from this very passage, in this year, will he revive us? Hosea, who wrote this book, was the son of Beri, was a prophet. Hosea was the first prophet to the northern kingdom of Israel, sometimes referred to as Ephraim 
as opposed to Judah, which was used for the southern kingdom. Because Ephraim was the largest tribe in the northern kingdom of Israel. Uzziah was the first prophet to address the northern kingdom of Israel. And he wrote this passage with this book that contains ten chapters. About the year 781 to 711 BC, over a period of 70 years, beginning from the reign of Jeroboam II, right down and counting to his last days on earth. In other words, this book of Hosea was written about 2,800 years ago. Relevant for that time, relevant even so, yet in the year 2020. The inviolability of the word of God, the inerrancy of the word of God, and the truth, the veracity, the power, and the timeliness of the word of God. This book of Isaiah is centered on repentance, turning back to God wholly and completely. Israel is being invited back to God as backsliders, especially the northern kingdom of Israel, who as at that time had gone after other gods in apostasy. And so they had become subjects to the northern army invading them like locusts, especially the nations of Assyria and Babylon. And at a point in time, they were in captivity. They were scattered all over the nations. So much so, that they were like they were hit. They were torn. They were smitten. You can see verse 1 here. Come, let us return unto the Lord. For he has torn. And he will do what? He will heal us. He has smitten. And he will do what? He will bind us up. So to them, it was like God had really beaten them real hard. God had used an iron hand on them by allowing them due to their apostasy, due to their lethargy, due to their turning away in heart, in worship, and in lifestyle from Him, away to other gods that were indeed no God. And so He left them. And so over the periods that they were there, as we see in Hosea chapter 1 verse 9, and in Hosea chapter 3 verses 4 and 5, they were without a king, they had no prince, and they had no opportunity for sacrifice, neither did they have the effort and teraphim, that were the instruments of authority with which to commune with God and to worship Him. And so they were like a people bereft, orphaned, totally forsaken, making no progress. Rather, they were subject to all the radical and reproach, and they had no existence beyond just merely living from day to day. And this book came unto them. And in the passage of this Hosea 6, 1-3, the return of Israel to God by repentance, who had allowed the national calamity to tear, to hurt, to smite them, would lead to restoration to God. It will lead to healing. 
It will bind them up. It will revive them. It will put them right again. It will make them brand new again and raise them to life before God. They may have been living before men, but they were subservient to other people. But this time around, peace with God, back to Him. No other barrier between. They can now live worthily before God with no other barrier. And that is what applies to us this year. That's what God is saying we should do this year as well. In this year, as God exhausts Israel to repentance, to return wholly and completely to Him from apostasy, so does He urge, so does God exhort us, so does God require us to turn around fully, wholly, and willingly to make the changes in our lives. And if you like, in our church, and better still, in our nation, that will turn us wholly to Him, with full attention on Him, without reservation or half-hearted religious obligation to Him. Fully. In other words, we are ready to banish, drop. We are ready to lay aside every lifestyle, attitude, privately, secretly, and in the open. That is abhorrent to him. That is displeasing to him. That is not in his nature. We are ready to lay them aside in order that we can stand day after day in his sight without blame, without reproach. And he can confidently come to us dawn after dawn, visiting us, not only with the former rain, but also with the latter rain of blessings in the name of Jesus. Then we will receive his visitation. We will receive his reviving. We will receive his quickening. We will receive his raising to life. We will also receive a restoration to what we ought to be and experience. We'll be raised to truly live in God's sight before Him in His presence day after day, habitually, with His glory shining continually radiating from us, demonstrating His power, demonstrating His mercies, and demonstrating His glory. That's what God wants. Not only of the nation of Israel, but of us and of this nation. He wants us back. So that when we read the scriptures and hear of the things that have been done in the times of old. Deliverance. Parting the Red Sea. Healing. The sun standing still. That there may be deliverance for God's people. And when we read the New Testament and hear of the men of God like you and I. Ordinary people who will gather together in sincerity, and then they will pray and trust God, and they will have boldness to speak the word, and great multitudes will report to the word, and they will also be filled with grace and with the splendor of God, that even their very presence and where they are cast an awe around and about them, and within them, miracles are not bygone affairs. The power of God to heal and to answer are not far-fetched. They are an everyday experience. Everybody is hungry for more with God. 
and they move in simplicity of heart and genuine repentance every time that God can use them. Where God will be comfortable and confident to raise his power, to raise his glory. That is what we are praying for. And that's the visitation. And that's what he will do with us this year if we are willing and obedient in the name of Jesus Christ. And in verse 2 you see, after two days will he revive us. After two days will he revive us. On the third day he will raise us up. And he will say what is peculiar about after two days. After two days is symbolical. After two days represents after the time we have been on our own. After the time it has taken to be in apostasy for the nation Israel. After the length of time it has taken to turn away from God. After the time you have not realized your full potential as a Christian. You look at the things God says you can do and you will do. And you see how little you have been in them. You look at the potentials of what you can do where you are. The influence you can wield. And the lives you can touch. And you see how empty perhaps you may have been there. After the period it has taken to mourn, to weep, to return in true repentance. So it's a symbolical thing. After two days of casting off sin. After two days of coming down from worldliness and comparing ourselves with the standards of those around us who are not steeped as the people of God. After two days of ungodliness and mourning in grief. After two days, the period it has taken for us to experience lackluster Christianity. After two days of half-hearted and lukewarm service to God. You know about yourself and I know about myself. After two days of half-hearted allegiance to the Lord and Him alone. After two days, the period it has taken to be in lethargy and never arising to our full potential. As children of God in our Christian witness and various endeavors. After two days, even of our nation with our stunted development and growth. Because it's a national thing. Israel was being addressed as a nation. Nigeria can also realize that. And I just remember now too, especially as those who have been praying about and have been crying for this part of the country after 50 years of the anniversary of the Civil War. The Civil War ended on January 15, 1970. 50 years ago, exactly this month. So after 50 years, there is jubilee. Hallelujah. After 50 years, there is freedom. There is maturing to full potential. There is a period of liberty in the things of God. That's what can also happen to the Igbo nation. If we all, as one, come returning to the Lord and not to our own individualistic way. So, we see, after the period it takes to remain before God and evaluate ourselves as a people, just like the children of Israel eventually did do, God prophesied they would do, and they will still do it before the second advent of our Lord Jesus Christ. The period of mourning. A period of individual separation and evaluation. You're not asking anybody to evaluate you. You know by yourself, by the measure of the Spirit of God, by the standard of scriptures, how far 
or how near, or how not so close, we have measured in things of God and experiencing his mercies. That's the time it takes. That's the two days. That's the symbolical one. Look at Zechariah chapter 10. The book of Zechariah, the prophet of Zechariah chapter 12 from verse 10. Look at the symbolic thing there. This is what God says happens. When people are returning to the Lord in expectation of a reviving, making new, making afresh, bringing to life what ought to be all along. The standard that should honor and please God. Zechariah chapter 12 verse 10. And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplications. They will intercede. They will pray. They will no longer depend on their own selves or their limited knowledge. They will be absolutely and utterly dependent on God. Snipping anything that can unbridge them between them and God. And so everyone, he says in that period, the spirit of supplication will be poured out. And that's God who does it. And that's why we said he will revive us. He will visit us. He will pour out the spirit, not only of supplication, but the spirit of what again? Grace. Unmerited favor that came by the Lord Jesus Christ. That enables you, once you key in unto God, to let him express himself. Express the blessings. Express his power. Express his presence. Express his glory. Through you and I, who are but earthen verses. So I poured my spirit of grace and supplication. And they shall look upon the whom they have crucified. And they shall mourn for him as one mourns for his only son. And shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. In that day shall there be a great mourning in Jerusalem as the mourning of Hadadrimon in the valley of Megiddon. And the land shall mourn every family apart, the family of the house of David apart, and their wives apart. The family of the house of Judah apart, and their wives apart. The family of the house of Nathan apart, and their wives apart. The family of the house of Levi apart, and their wives apart. The family of Shimei apart, and their wives apart. All the families that remain, every family apart, and their wives apart. In that day, there shall be a fountain opened to the house of David. And to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And nay to us as well. For sin and for uncleanliness. In the name of Jesus Christ. That is the two days after which. This grace. This desire. This yearning. For more of God. More of his fullness. More of his power. More of his presence. More of his nature. We seize hold on us. And the fountain will be opened. And every uncleanness, and every iniquity, and every sin, and every compromise, you don't longer need to argue what is right about it, what is wrong about it. Show me where it is in the scripture. You'll be gripped, you'll be convicted. Once it appears and occurs to you that you are not measuring up to the standard of God. After these two days of mourning, the Lord himself shall visit in glory. 
in reviving in the name of Jesus Christ. You also remember, in the first church, the church in the wilderness, when the Israelites were there, going on, on their own, totally dependent on God for protection, utterly dependent on Him for every of their food and water needs, and even for their clothing and security, day and night. God said, I want to visit my people. I want to give them guides that can make them live for the rest of the period they go through as a nation under me. I want to tell them what is my delight. And I want to make them a nation of priests and a kingdom of holy people unto me. Do you know what God did again? After two days. On the third day, in Exodus chapter 19, verses 10 and 11, when God was to have divine visitation to the people, with life-changing events, with life-changing law to guide them. The Lord said in verse 10 of that Exodus 19 to Moses, Go to the people and sanctify them today and tomorrow. And let them wash their clothes symbolically. Let them wash everything, the clothes where they are out of building. But in those days in the Old Testament, it was symbolic of washing and not just rending their clothes, but also washing and making clean their hearts. Sanctify them. Set them apart. Separate them from anything that defies. Verse 11. And be ready for the third day. For the third day the Lord will come down in the sight of all the people on Mount Sinai. For you and I. May the third day this year 2020 witness the Lord coming down in the sight of every one of us in the name of Jesus Christ. If you notice in Zechariah, he was mentioning families name by name. The family of David apart, the wives apart. Individual. Then collectively, they embraced the need to return unto the Lord in total allegiance and repentance. Nobody did it for another. It was a hunger on each soul, from every heart, and from every life. And they cried therein. And as they did, the Lord said, the spirit of supplication and the spirit of grace. And here on Mount Zina, he said, once they have prepared, after two days, on the third day, I will come down in their sight. It will no longer be one telling another. They will all individually witness my coming down. They will not behold the Lord as a one sees another in human flesh. But they will see evidence that will last through their life journey through the wilderness. They will tell their children thereafter. They will report to their neighbor and they will say, we saw the presence of the Lord. It was a life changing event. That is our expectation. And may the Lord come down this year, after two days, in the third day with visitation, do you in his sight, in the name of Jesus Christ. After two days, the Lord will come down. And after two days, he will revive us. And as he revives us, in the third day, he will raise us up. And we shall live in his sight. 
He will raise us up. Reviving means raising to life. Reviving means quickening, bringing alive. Reviving means bringing to the form either as it was before or it ought to be. And so he says when there is the visitation of the Lord and he revives, he will raise us up to live, to walk, to bask in his presence and to excel in his sight in the name of Jesus Christ. We will live fully, fulfilling the reason of our eternal life in Christ Jesus, from death and trespasses in sin, unto a life that has beholden him. Ephesians 2.1 says, You who are dead in sin and in trespasses, has he made alive? Has he quickened again? Has he revived? When the light shone in your heart, and perhaps after a while, some darkness crept in, some worldly standards crept in, some lethargy crept in, you became just contented with the level of your work and where you are as it were, and there was no more push for more of God, for more of His presence. And He says here, that as he revives and quickens and visits, he will raise us up and we shall live in his sight in the name of Jesus Christ. Just so remember, symbolically again, in the New Testament, on the third day, Jesus, who died and was buried, was raised to life again. He rose again on the third day. So he's symbolic. Of the visitation, of a renewed victory, of a time of God deliberately coming to impact and impact his people if they are available and prepared, like those in Mount Sinai in the days of old. And that's why Romans 8:11 did say, if the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead also does what lives in you. That same spirit that raised him, revived him from the land of the dead, gave him a quickening soul, and made him alive again. That same spirit will also do what? Quicken your mortal bodies. Give life, give spring, give a new zeal and a zest. Give a sense of wholeness in living. Fulfill and restore the potential for living in the name of Jesus Christ. He will raise us up. He will quicken he will enliven us. He will make us live again. He will make us resurrect again, as he says. And look at Hosea 6 3. He says there, Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. And his going forth is prepared as the morning. He shall come unto us as the rain, as the latter and former rain, unto the earth. His going forth is prepared as the morning. Then shall we know. If we follow on to know the Lord. Another version will say, Let us know, let us know, let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. Let that be our primary syllabus. Let that be our secondary subject. Let that be our tertiary concern. Let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. And look at the symbolic way that the Message Bible put it very, very emphatically. 
He says there, we are ready to study God. We are ready to do what? To study God. You may be studying engineering. You may be studying computer science. Where is that one that they study at Futa? At, uh, at uh, Federal University. Oh yeah, Kitty. There's one good one. It's praise, yeah? You may be studying mechatronics. I'm not sure many of you have heard that as a course of study. You may be studying history. You may be studying religious studies. You may be studying your business. You may be studying your environment. But this year, he says, let us make our primary concern to do what? Study God. In the morning, study God. In the afternoon, study God. At night, study God. On holidays, study God. And on your bedstead, study God. In other words, desire to know him the more. Let us, we are ready to study God, eager for God knowledge. This is something here. Who goes on distances on Monday to Nobi. And then it was quite a hectic journey. And then as we were coming back, I asked him, when you go on some long distance journeys, what do you do? Do you pick people on the way? He said, no. Benin, no. He said, you come back empty. He said, yes. He said, by experience, it's not safe so to do. But more importantly, and I'm quoting him, and he didn't know I was listening intently to that. He said, because, you see this music I'm playing now. At some point, if I'm alone, I can start weeping while I'm in the car. And I can start praying. And that alone is enough experience. And God tells me things. And on one of the days, I think that was Saturday, previous week, as I was coming back, God told me that vehicle that was just overspeeding and overtaking me is running into suicide. And shortly after it had gone, the back tire burst, full of people. So he says, it's a time I have encounter with God. And I can't do that if I'm carrying somebody who will be talking. And I cherish that presence. That's what God is saying. Seize every moment. Seize every opportunity this year to study God and have God what? Knowledge. Know how he speaks to you. Most of us here, you don't know how God speaks to you. You don't. Some ask, how do you know God speaks to you? Does he shout? Does he call your name? Does he hit you? That is how you know him speaking to you. And you can't know except you make the time and the effort to say, Lord, I am dropping every other concern. They are secondary. They are tertiary. I want to know you and the power of your resurrection and the fellowship of your suffering. I want to go with you all the way, even if it means being conformed with you to death. That's the type of thing Paul was saying. No barrier. I'm not contented with the level I have walked and known God. I'm not contented with my knowledge of scriptures. I'm not contented that when I, they called Hosea, I have to be checking in the index to find where Hosea is. I'm not contented that when they called Hosea, I have to be looking in the New Testament to know whether it is there. And I'm sure some of us were doing that. I'm not contented that I just read the scriptures and after one hour, everything evaporates. And I'm filled with the hustle and bustle of the things around. I am eager. I am hungry. That's what he says here. We are eager for God knowledge. We are ready to study God. 
and friend. He says, as Amplified Version did make it clear. He says, let us recognize God. Let us know him. Let us be able to appreciate him. Let us be able to take heed to what he says. That's the same verse 3. And let us also be able to acknowledge him. Know when what you want to say. Everybody is clapping. But God is already putting a signal. Red alert. It's not necessary. To the point that you can know what to wear day by day. Day by day. You can pick up an expensive suit. Somebody bought for you. An expensive garment. Somebody paid in great dollars for you. And said, this is the dress for the occasion. And because you are studying and eager to know and please God. We said, drop it. You will just know. He said, drop it. You don't need it. You don't need it. Look for another one. And if you insist on going with that, you find that your day, the whole of that day, is blacked out. You are irritated. You are walking on the wrong side of God. Friends, that is the condition he's asking us this year. Of all your study, study God. Of all your knowledge, know God. The more, and it's not difficult to do. Let him see he has your attention. Let him see that you are focused on him. Let him see that you are at each point ready to hear him talk, speak, guide, direct. In every endeavor, there's nothing we are doing. Schooling, primary, secondary, tertiary, we cannot get God's guidance. I've said this sometime here ago. By the time at least I got to know the Lord, in form one, in secondary school, 1977. From then, I knew and I learned how to read my books along with reading my Bible. And when there was usually any time that was spare time, which you could use for gisting, for joking, for casual thoughts, and then do things to fill up the time, this was it. It occupied the time and occupied the period. And I learned to use this to guide my exam success. And sometimes to pray ahead of time and say, God, this is what I'm expecting in this result. And sometimes sleep and God will show you this is the place. This is where you need to take care of. Clearly, even as a student, why won't it happen in your business life? Why won't it also happen in your daily interactions? Why won't it guide you? You want to meet an acquaintance? You want to travel from here to Alka, to Nsuka, to the university, to meet somebody on appointment, maybe for a contract, for a business dealing, and you're prepared, and you're ready to go. Oh, if you study to know God and understand Him, God will be able to tell you, my son, don't bother going today. You won't meet Him. Are you hearing me? Have you had the experience of somebody you desire to meet? Cherished to very much discuss for something that was vital to you. And he just stepped into the office and they said, sorry, he just left a few minutes ago. So, let us study God. Let us be eager for God's knowledge. Let's all return and let him have our full attention. Black out every other one. I know many of us, the phone 
In short, if we want to paraphrase this in our context today, what it will be is, let us study our phones. Let us have internet knowledge. iPhone. What are the other ones now? iPad. iPod. iBoard. iQuick. Which are the other names? To go. To come. To fly. To wait. That will be what we'll do this time. Spend more of that time on studying God. If you are not with your scripture, meditate. Have a burden. He will drop burden into your heart and ask you to begin to pray. When you hear people give testimonies about visitation of God, God ministering to their heart, that something was happening. That's how to study and know God. And they began to pray. Began to pray. Began to pray until the burden lifts. And shortly after that, they will receive a phone call. And the person says, do you know what happened? We are all gone for dead, if not for God. And you will ask when? He will quote the time that you began to do what? To pray. Let us study God. We are eager for God knowledge. Put, retrieve some of the time you use in the phone, in chatting, in Facebook, in Facebook, in WhatsApp, in, mention them now. Many of us live there. True is relatively free. But it should not be your master. He says, divert attention. Give quality time. When God sees you pay attention, when God sees you are ready to walk and to know, he will drop more of his visitation and knowledge and ways into you in the name of Jesus Christ. And may that happen this year with us. He said in Isaiah 66, The heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool. Where is the house you built for me, that when I am there, you will rejoice that you have done something to bring me into your presence. If the earth is my footstool, every other thing you do, that can be seen, that can be touched, that can be smelt, that can be felt. With the five senses, it's like a foot mat to who? To God. They are not good enough. They are not good enough. How can they be? When heaven is paved with streets of gold, gold is the currency of existence and daily living there. So how can any other thing here be good enough? Even the hanging gardens of Jerusalem have been destroyed. They couldn't last. So he said, but to this man, this woman, this year, will I look. The man that hears my word, the woman who is poor and contrite in spirit, is of short account when it comes to things that will drive away my presence and trembles at my word. That man, I will pay attention. If I'm on a journey, I will stop for him. If I'm looking elsewhere, I will pay attention to him. And Second Chronicles 16.9 says, The eyes of the Lord go to and fro the whole earth to see those whose hearts are perfect towards him and to prove himself strong on their behalf. Is that not revival? To support them. To show his presence on them. Once he sees them, he does overtime with them. May you be that man. May you be that woman. This year, in the name of Jesus Christ. He says, let us continue to know the Lord. And see if we will walk with him. 
An amplified version will say, yes, let us know, take heed, cherish, and be acquainted with him. And let us study the Lord. And as we study him, we are hungry for him. We are ready to know more of him. And everybody, I don't know how else to put it. For youngsters, for students, you have role models. Many of you are Ronaldo. Others are Messi. Which other one is your idol again? Who are those? Michael Jackson has died now. He died of drug addiction. Who other one is the current one? Two-Face, Three-Face, Whiskey, Davido. For those of you who listen to music, who is your role model? He says, yeah, just seek to know more of God. Let him be your pursuit this year. Let it be evident to other people that you are on a pursuit. And that pursuit is after who? God knowledge. To know him and study him. He says, when I see that man, when I see that woman, I will pay attention. We will receive his attention this year. May you be the one in the name of Jesus Christ. And then we see here, he's going forth. It's like the morning. He's going forth. It's like the morning. His visitation. His dawning of revival. Message Bible will say, as sure as dawn breaks, so sure is his daily arrival. When we seek him, when we return, he says, as sure as dawn. What is dawn? The breaking of a new day. Just like we've had the breaking of a new year. I'm sure you know there are people who didn't wake up this morning. They died in their sleep. By the time you turn on CNN, or turn on, most times, you know what makes news for the news agencies is what? Bad news. Good news doesn't sell. So turn them on now. Maybe the moment you reach them, to virtually every channel. Anywhere there was an accident, that would be the major highlight. That's their first. That's the news that is newsworthy. They say that a dog beat a man is no news. But that the man beat a dog, hey, that's news. Bad news, unexpected. So he says, as sure as the day will break and light will shine, driving away darkness, so sure will be his daily arrival to you. You will never lack his presence and his glory in the name of Jesus Christ. His going forth is prepared and certain as the dawn. His coming, his visitation, when we turn fully to him, to study him, and to give him our time and attention. His visitation is fixed. It's as sure as the morning is eternally fixed. It doesn't change to come at a certain time daily. Walking with God, experiencing a change, revival, renewed obedience to God, will become a daily continual affair in the name of Jesus Christ. He's coming to save. He's coming to bless. He's coming to revive us. This year will be like refreshing rain after a long dry season. And they look at it this way. There is a dawning of a new wave of life. After total repentance, there's a dawning of a new wave of life. And no wonder the message Bible says, 
he will have us made brand new. Look at the way you are now. You are good. You are dressed well. Is that not so? You don't believe me. Oh, in Psalm 130, the, the psalmist said, I am what? Fearfully and wonderfully made. And that my heart knows quite well. If you don't know it, you will try to bleach yourself from black to blue. You paint your mouth from yellow to green. You paint your eyelids from white to what again? Indigo. And you appear like a masquerade. So even those who know you cannot recognize you. That person does not know that he's fearfully and wonderfully made. He doesn't. And over time, that bleaching, of course you don't see many people rushing to bleach now. What they are talking is moisturizing. What are the new terms now? Ecclesiastes says there is nothing new under the sun. What has been before is around. The fashion they will discover tomorrow will be to just repair what is in existence today. So however name they come with, and many of them miss with Queen Olones, miss with steroids, they begin to not only bleach away the skin, they also begin to enter the internal organs. The kidney is their first primary target, and kidney failure follows. That has been the lot of those who bleached the Lord. And I'm sure you also know that Michael Jackson was known to have been acquainted with vitiligo. And he bleached and bleached and bleached out everything. I don't know if that was part of his quick and early death as it were. But he says here, there is dawning of a new wave of life. He will have us made brand new. He just like refashioning you, remolding from within and outside. And these are some of the privileges that will come with that. Can somebody turn with us to Isaiah 58? Isaiah 58, verses 8, 9. Just listen to the Lord. He's talking of when he visits to make us new, to revive, to bring to be the things that come with his mercy, the things that come with his grace, the things that come with the Lord encountering us and are yielding ourselves to him. This is prophecy. And prophecy happens and gets fulfilled before people who are ready and yielded to walk along with that prophecy and along that line. Listen. Isaiah 58. I read from verse 8. Then shall your light break forth as the morning. Praise the Lord. He says it will come to us in the morning as the dawn breaks. When he comes, he's coming with this package. And I am believing God that this package of the dawn in the morning of God's visitation will be evident in my life and in your life this year in the name of Jesus Christ. Then shall your light break forth as the morning. Your health shall spring forth speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. And the glory of the Lord shall be your real world. That's what happens in revival. Some of you have read revival accounts. When there is a revival in the life of any man, revival in a church, revival in a community, everyone knows and feels the impact of the awesomeness of God. In one of the accounts about Charles Finney, who was a lawyer, who was a Presbyterian, 
But who, the moment he got converted, he was an atheist. He used to blaspheme the things of God. His greatest concern, which bettered revival in his life, was that each time he went to church and tried to sit at the front place, he would hear all manner of prayers and he would reproach them and say these many prayers they say and they never get answered. It's either that there's a problem with the God they're praying to or that there's a problem with the people. And so that was even what formed his attitudinal background. How can I go to church when their prayers are never answered and they say more? Every day they pile more prayers and they never get answered. And that drove a hunger in him. And he desired God and he prayed on and he asked God for his spirit, for his infilling. And God mightily filled him. He said of many people of all the evangelists and revivalists up till now, whom converts after their ministration, crusades, or outreaches remain standing. Of all the evangelists so far, the greatest number of people who remain after they give their lives to Christ at the crusade or outreach ground over time have been people during Charles Finney's revival and during Billy Graham's crusades. Those two. That was a man that bettered it. And Charles Finney would simply enter a factory, just a factory, ordinary mundane activity, nothing too spiritual. And as he enters the factory and going round, suddenly somebody will burst in tears. Somebody will start crying. Another will start shaking there. They will burst out in tears, praying, praying. He just entered the factory to just see what was going on. But the awe and the presence and the power and the glory of God around him affected his environment. And people would stop work and go into a prayer session until it lasted. That's the power of God visiting here. Friends, he says his glory shall be your real word in the name of Jesus Christ. Then shall you call, verse 9, and the Lord shall answer. You shall cry and he shall say, here I am. If you take away from the midst of you the yoke, the putting forth of the finger and speaking vanity, then shall your light rise in obscurity and your darkness be as the noonday. Verse 11. And the Lord shall guide you continually. He will satisfy your soul in drought. He will make fat your bones. You shall be like a watered garden. And like a spring of water whose waters fail not. Verse 12. They that shall be of you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundation of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the bridge. The restorer of the past to dwell in. Those are the things that accompany revival. May they accompany your life and mine in the name of Jesus Christ. Here you see it. Do this. And the light will turn on. And your lives will turn around at once. Your righteousness will pave your way. Did you hear that? Your righteousness will pave your way. Your Imam Madu doesn't necessarily pave your way. If Imam Madu pays way for you, there is a payback time. Is that not so? Sure. But when your righteousness, garnered by God, opens doors, gets you admission, 
gives you a job, brings you to places that people will be asking, who helped you to get in here? It has paved your way. And it shall happen with you in the name of Jesus. And people bid, and your righteousness will win you. That bidding, that's God. That's revival. Your righteousness will excel, make you advance. Your righteousness will pave your way. The God of glory will secure your passage. Hallelujah. Do you remember in Exodus 35? When Genesis 35, when Jacob made up his mind to return to Bethel, to the Lord who had visited him there, after more than 14 years of sojourn with Laban, he did one thing. He just simply asked all his household, everybody give me your strange gods. Everybody give me something you depend on for protection, Adam, Mama. Everybody give me that thing that gives you the last hope, the joker. Everybody bring it out. And they were bereft of any other external influence except trusting in God. And they were to pass through warlike nations, through Edom, where his brother Esau had bred a tribe of warriors. And the Bible said, Genesis 35, verse 5, after they finished removing all the strange girls, they walked defenseless as it were. No soldier, no band of troops. This time it was him and his family. The Lord said, verse 35 there, the Lord did not allow any of the nations that they walked through to do what? To touch them. He put a fear of them Round about them. That's what he's saying again. It will happen with you and I again. In the name of Jesus Christ. The glory of the Lord will secure your passage. Then when you pray. God will answer. You will call out for help. And I will say here I am. That's God listening. Your lives will begin to glow in the darkness. Your shadowed lives will be bathed in sunlight. I will always show you where to go. I will give you a full life in the emptiest of places. That's what we need this year. A lot of emptiness. A lot of unfulfilled dreams. A lot of high potentials. The Lord is saying, as you turn and know him the more. In sincerity, I will give you a fullness in the world, emptiest of places. Amen. May that be your portion in the name of Jesus. I will give you firm muscles and strong bones. You'll be like a well-watered garden. A goggling spring that never runs dry. You will use the old rubble of past lives to build anew. You will rebuild the foundations from out of your past. You'll be known as those who can fix anything. Restore old dreams. Rebuild and renovate and make the community livable again. Amen. So let it be in the name of Jesus. And friends, as he says here, not only will he come and return, not only will he make us live again in his sight, in true righteousness and holiness. And when we fall on to know if we know the Lord, he's going forth. It's like the morning dawn. 
that brings these blessings. And it shall come upon us as the rain, as a latter and former rain unto the earth. Friend, by the grace of God, we shall experience the latter and the former rain this year in our lives. In the name of Jesus. In our families. In the name of Jesus. In this chapel. In the name of Jesus. In our community. In the name of Jesus. And if Nigeria is willing and obedient in our nation. With a restoration again. In the name of Jesus. He will come unto us with the letter and the former rain. You know, the rain signifies the beginning of a new kind of existence. The rain signifies a revival, a rejuvenation. When we began service this morning, 306 SS and S, there shall be showers of what? Blessings. Send them upon us. Showers, rain of reviving again. Usually signifies a refreshing, signifies a rebranded existence. And it says it's coming. With the latter and moderate rain. And he will pour them upon us on earth. God will come and visit you and I. With blessings that signal to him. A renewed obedience. That signal revival in the name of Jesus Christ. The former and latter rain. The former rain. In the nation of Israel. In the context of this passage. Usually fell around October. October was usually their seed time. That's the time they usually planted. For those of you who have been there, you know our early rain will usually be around March, April. This is October. And then the latter rain or the spring rain, still in their background, usually fell around March or April, which is a reversal with us. And usually it causes the grain to mature. And it causes it also to ripen. And so, one rain come at, came at the beginning and the latter rain will come where? At the end. A harvest time of good things. A bounty of blessings. So in the spiritual realm, brethren, God will come down upon us to make a complete harvest of grace and great things in our lives this year in the name of Jesus. He will do it in our lives as individuals and as a church in the name of Jesus Christ. And look at finally, Joel chapter 2, verse 23. That's our expectation. That's our desire. That's our yearning. He will revive us with these packages coming upon our heads. And none shall be wanted in Jesus' name. Be glad then, you children of Zion. Rejoice in the Lord your God. For he has given you the former rain moderately and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain and the later rain. In the first month, they shall no more be separated. I've just said when the former rain usually came and when the later rain usually came, this time when this blessing of the wave of God comes in visitation, both the former and the later rain. He will give both of them in the first month. And brethren, if I were you, where is the first month of this year? Are we already in it? And where is the first day of this month? Today, may it begin today with you and I in the name of Jesus.
He will give them in the first month. He will pour them out. There won't be any restriction. So it's for the asking. And it's for the taking. And look at what follows it. Your floor shall be full of wheat. Your fat shall overflow with wine and oil. I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten, the canker worm, the caterpillar, the palmer worm, my great army which are sent among you. In the name of Jesus Christ. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God that has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. You shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. And that I am the Lord their God. And none else. And my people again shall never be ashamed. And that's not all. Also upon verse 28. And it shall come to pass afterward. That I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids, in those days will I pour out my spirit. Brethren, there shall be comprehensive fruitfulness and productivity this year in your life on account of the visitation of God in the name of Jesus Christ. That's what God is saying. Productivity, fruitfulness in every endeavor, all around. Spiritual, personal, individual, family, community, national, business, job-wise. There shall be comprehensive fruitfulness and productivity because we will give ourselves back to the Lord and desire to know Him in the name of Jesus Christ. You will have a spiritual awakening. You will have an alertness. Your potential will come to full again. Young or old in the name of Jesus the power of God and your life at every level will produce again and be full of fruitfulness in the name of Jesus Christ. Your relevance value to heaven will count again. And not only will that be the case, spiritually, you will impact lives. You will win souls and you will also influence your environment for good and for eternity in Jesus' name. The Lord will give you intellectual advancement, academic excellence. The Lord is ready to pour upon you career brilliance and advancement and progression in the name of Jesus Christ. The Lord is ready to make your work, the work of your hands, your business endeavor and enterprise. He will raise them from those drums again to life in Jesus' name. They will leap in bounds again. You will have matrimonial fruitfulness. You will have matrimonial fruitfulness. Whether it's conception or productive children, no matter who has gone wayward, they will return in the name of Jesus. Our young people and the youth here, they shall rise to their full potential in Jesus' name. There will be job openings for you, and you will do exploits in the name of Jesus. That is judging from the visitation God has prophesied, which we are delivering already on ourselves. And our health shall be quickened. Our health shall be wholesome. Our health shall be restored. Everyone here. We read it in the passage. Firm bones. Firm muscles. Restored bones. They will come in the name of Jesus Christ. 
And they are already beginning in the name of Jesus. And in our national economic dual drums, God will quicken and glow in Jesus' name. God will revive in Jesus' name. The terrorism, the banditry, the crime rates, when the revival breaks out through you and I, it will quieten the environment in Jesus' name. The visitation of the Lord shall do it in the name of Jesus. So shall it be with you, with me, as we bow unto the Lord in total repentance and hand over ourselves to him and tell him, Lord, here I come to study you and to walk with you. It shall be a reviving this year in Jesus' name. Shall we bow our heads to pray? Lord, I'm ready to return this year. After two days of the past years, and on the third day this year, you will revive me. I desire your knowledge. I desire your acquaintance. I desire your daily habitual presence. I desire the power of God of old reenacted in my life and in my present time. I desire, O oh God, your mercy. I desire, Lord, your glory to be my reward according to your word. I desire your visitation. Can you turn that into prayer? Can that be your personal desire this year? If you do not desire, you do not get. If you don't ask, you do not receive. If you do not expect, there is nothing to come your way. Let there be a hunger. Can you turn that unto God and say, Father, I return totally to you. I return totally to you. I return in full repentance. I return from anywhere I have depended upon myself, depended upon others as if they were my Lord and my helpers, depended upon those in Egypt as if they had horses, and because of their power and wealth, Lord, I turn my gaze on you this year. I turn my attention on you. I look at my life. I see the emptiness. I see the powerlessness. I see the groping. I see the yearning for more. Lord, I want a fullness. According to your word, Lord, to fill up the emptiest of places in my life, in my family, I desire your visitation, your revival. Let that be your cry, my dear. Children, pray that prayer. Youth, pray that prayer. Fathers and mothers, pray for a regeneration of God's grace and glory upon you. Don't count on olden days. Don't count just on the days past. He says he's going to begin a new thing. He's coming as the dawn, the morning breaks. The later and the morning rain are coming all in the first month. They're beginning together. An outpour of the Spirit of God. Spiritually, physically, materially, emotionally, intellectually, business-wise. All round, those blessings come. Revived and making our communities alive again. Making this church a firebrand in the things and the power and mercy of God. His spirit poured out in great measure. Tell him, Lord, I'm returning. And my desire is to know you. To study God. To have God knowledge. I'm eager for it. Lord, to know you. Your power. Your grace. To go all the way with you this year. No day is an exception. That's me. I want to pursue your knowledge. I want to pursue your presence. With all my getting, I want to get your presence. I want to get your approval. I want to get Lord your power. I desire it. 
Father, do it not only for each individual, but do it for the rest of us as a church in the name of Jesus Christ. Part your mercy, your grace, your spirit, your power. And is there anyone here whom the Spirit of God is saying, you have not yet recognized me as your Lord and Savior. You cannot last this year. The mercies of God, the providence, the sun shining on you, the moon lighting on you, the rain falling on you, are all the providence of God. But he says they can't take you far this year if you are still on your own. And you want to run into him and say, Father, visit me. I need to be saved. I want to surrender my life to Christ. I want to have a personal encounter with Jesus that my sins are forgiven and I want to receive pardon, freedom, liberty of heart, of spirit, and of a walk with you. I give my life unto you. Is there anyone who is making that decision this morning? All heads are bowed, but you, you can raise your hand where you are. So we pray with you and you begin this very first day of this very first month of this year on a walk with God that you will never regret. I want to surrender my life to Christ. I want to hand over to him to run and be the leader, savior, and center of my life. I'm definitely concerned. I have walked all alone on my own. I cannot go on my own anymore this year. I want to surrender to him. I invite him into my life. You may be old. You may be young. If that's your decision, just raise your hand where you are. The grace of God is here. And it will also visit you. And turn around a new dimension and a new walk with you. Thank God for you. Repeat this prayer after me. With all your hearts. Consciously and willingly. Repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I thank you. You love me. You died on the cross and shed your blood on the cross of Calvary for my life, for my sins. For me alone, you were ready and willing to shed the blood. The blood that covers all things, including my sin. I therefore come in repentance, consciously, willingly, and repent of all my past life, my past sins, and turn to you. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. Wipe away the past. Cleanse me. Make me your child. And give me the power to live for you. Thank you as you lead me on. From now, throughout this year and the rest of my life. May your presence in my life be witnessed by all. In Jesus' name, Amen. Lord, as many as receive you, to them you give the power to be your children who were born, not of flesh, not of blood, not of the will of man, but by your power. As these ones come, some of them are young, they have done this before, some are repeating it, but Lord, whichever they are, may this be a definite encounter that they will never forget ever, in Jesus' name. May it be the permanent pointer that will show a difference that the old passes away and all become new in the name of Jesus Christ. Let your power, O God, that works a miracle and brings a mystery that, Father, the moment we request to you willingly, you remove the oldness in our lives and you make all things new. 
Let that happen in their lives now and ongoing in Jesus' name. Let the peace that passes all understanding garrison their hearts and mind in you. Onwards, in the name of Jesus, let your spirit bear witness with their spirit, young as they are, and not so young, that they are your children, and equip them with joy that is everlasting, that remains a hallmark of your presence. And may they, every day, witness your visitation, witness a walk with you, the rest of their days in school, and wherever they are found. In Jesus' name we pray. Can we all just stand where we are? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. By the glory. Revive me. Revive me. Lift your hands in total surrender to God and pray this prayer of rededication unto God in this new year and mean it in your heart and let God see through your hearts, your intents, your desire, your inward parts and count us for sincerity that He may do that good thing which pleases Him to visit us with His power and presence. Father in heaven, Father in heaven, I thank you. I'm privileged to be your child. I'm privileged to survive 2019 and to come into 2020. In this 2020, two days have passed. I'm in the third day, the third day of your visitation. The third day of your glory. The third day of your manifestation. The third day when you leave your blessings. And you leave the early and the latter rain. Lord, shower them on me. Shower them on me. Shower them on me. I totally repent of all works and of all actions that have not been pleasing to you that have not delighted you, that have kept you away from me, that have kept me beyond normal, sub-potential, Lord, I return to you. I reject them, every lifestyle, secret lifestyle, open lifestyle, that is hypocritical, that has not reflected your presence in my life over the years. Father, I drop them and I return to you. This year, this morning, on the third day, you will visit. You will revive me. You will bring anew and raise me up in every respect, in every regard. As I study you and know you the more, Father, I will pursue the knowledge of you above every other thing that I will walk with you I will company with you 
I will cherish your presence. And almighty God, your glory, let it be my reward. In the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, as I surrender myself and yield to you, revive me in every facet of my life, in every facet of my work, in every facet of my work with you. Revive me. Raise me up again to live in your presence and make me a signal to the nations and make me a witness of your power, of your presence and make me again a harbinger of your glory and your mercies in the name of Jesus. Revive my family. Revive this chapel. Revive all around us as I yield unto your leadership and tremble at your word and renew myself to a daily walk with you. Lord, this is my declaration. This is my desire. This is my expectation. May it so be, O God, to the glory of your name. In Jesus' name we pray.